All right, welcome back to another episode of the Southeast Michigan Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel, and uh, this almost didn't make the show. I was going to go live a little bit earlier, or start recording, that is, and uh, right before then, just learned that former Michigan and Arkansas quarterback Ryan Mallett has passed away at the young age of 35. Uh, obviously, you know, Ryan Mallett, you know, to some really ring bells in Arkansas because he played there for two years, was the All-SEC twice, and uh, eventually drafted third round to the New England Patriots. But here, of course, we know him as a Michigan Wolverine under Lloyd Carr in 2007. So flashback to uh, 2007, you know, when you think of that season, you think of the roller coaster year it was. And how it started, notably with the Appalachian State debacle, followed up with an absolute uh, ass-beating uh, from Oregon. And Ryan Mallett, you know, gets uh, gets thrown to the wolves, so to speak, after Chad Henney gets injured in the middle of the, uh, the second game, the Oregon game. And Ryan Mallett is asked to uh, to kind of come in and patch things up from time to time. He would start against Minnesota, get some action against Wisconsin, started against Notre Dame, and, uh, you know, here and there, he got some action, but, you know, he apparently, um, unfortunately, died due to a drowning accident. Uh, I haven't really read into the fine details. I think it's just pretty much been listed that so far, but uh, rest in peace to Ryan Mountain and his family. But uh, just looking back, on, uh, at his time in Ann Arbor, you know, like I just mentioned, the the action he uh, got into on the field and with that Notre Dame game. It uh, you look at the stat lines and he had uh, he started the whole game ninety yards and three touchdowns. And from what I remember, I was uh, just out of high school in, in two thousand seven. So uh, my first uh, first game that he heard, of course, was the App State game. But you know. Watching him, you know, Mario Manningham and Adrian Arrington's out there. And, you know, of course, they want to get the ball. And Ryan Mallett is just, just a gunslinger try, trying to satisfy them. Uh, so his completion percentage wasn't the greatest uh, at U of M. But, you know, uh, at Arkansas, he goes on and, and throws for damn near 4,000 yards both years and over 30 touchdowns each season. So, you know, he had a great college career. And... You know, bounced around the NFL a little bit. I think he was, you know, a Baltimore Raven, obviously New England Patriot, uh, who drafted him. And uh, who else was it? Houston Texans. I think he was on the Arizona Cardinals for a bit. But uh, it just sucks to see, man. Young young kid. I say young kid, but young, young man. But uh, just caught that from uh, Wolverine's Wire before we went live. And uh, so right before we did, I actually went on YouTube and started uh, looking back on some of his time, of course, as a Wolverine. And if anyone doesn't know or can't remember, Ryan Mallett holds a Michigan school record, which is the longest touchdown pass thrown. And that is to Mario Manningham for 97 yards uh, against Wisconsin. So in 2007, they went to Camp Randall. And uh, I believe Chad Henney goes out 
because uh, just that nagging leg injury he had pretty much all year. And uh, Matlock goes in there, and I think it's like 23-7 to in the beginning of the fourth quarter, and Ryan Mallett is standing in halfway in his own end zone and, and rifles a bullet, and Manningham takes it to the house. So they still lose that game, but uh, obviously we've seen flashes, and you know, before we move on to the next segment, we all know that you know Lloyd Carr, you know, resigns. Rich Rodriguez comes in, and you know Ryan Mallett. You know, that's a whole another story for a whole another episode. But you know, Ryan Mallett transfers, and and uh, Rich Rodriguez has got to rock two quarterbacks and Nick Sheridan and Stephen Three, who barely could hold a clipboard. <laughs> so, anyways, again with heavy hearts, man, Ryan Mallett, uh, rest in peace. So moving on to some recruiting. So third episode, right? Episode one and two, we've both done recruiting updates. And uh, I've reiterated that this is the time of year where until we get to end of July, it's pretty much recruiting news and uh, any last-minute coaching moves, which very rare at this time, at this point. But uh, recruiting... We, you know, if you're not on the Facebook page, please check it out. Southeast Michigan Podcast on Facebook. Um, more discourse there. Uh, it was announced over this past weekend that Bryce West, one of the top corners in the 2024 class, and uh, pretty much the number one in the state of Ohio, is going scarlet and gray. Uh, Bryce West uh, trimmed USC off his list and pretty much said Michigan, Ohio State are the final two, and it's 50-50. He's a Buckeye fan. His whole family are Buckeyes. So Michigan was kind of behind the eight ball from the get-go, and whether whether it's a shock or not, it still sucks losing a talented player like this. And, uh, you know, I mentioned last week where, you know, these last two seasons where Michigan's won on the football field, it's, it's at least giving recruits, you know, a thought process and not just going, oh, thanks, Michigan, but I'm still going to go Ohio State. So at least there's some consideration there, and who knows if Michigan goes ahead and wins three in a row uh, against Ohio State this year, you know, maybe that uh, is the X factor to start landing these guys, these heavily or highly touted um, prospects from the state of Ohio. And the next player that we're going to talk about real quick is Aaron Scott and we've mentioned his the last two of the, our first two episodes and Bryce, one of Bryce West's friends another highly touted defensive back uh, just coming off visits to both Michigan and Ohio State and while I think he is probably going to go Ohio State and Michigan is or excuse me Ohio State is going to get both these guys uh, I, I think that out of both of them Let's just back up and say Bryce West is not committed. I think out of both of them, Aaron Scott was probably the the most likely to to land in Ann Arbor. And fingers crossed, man. I think they really, really need to get this dude. And I know, not off the top of my head by name, but I know there's at least three or four defensive back prospects in this class that Michigan is still in the running for. So they happen to miss out on Aaron Scott. You know, they still have um, a few more guys they can pursue. And who knows? Crazy things have happened. It's only June. It's about to be July, of course, but you know, decommitments happen more more than you think. So, um, moving on to the next one, 
Michael Yowini. Yowini. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Starts with a U. Four-star offensive tackle. Uh, just listed Michigan in his final three. So another, obviously, big get if they get him. I mean, Michigan is going to be absolutely loaded into the trenches uh, for the foreseeable future. And they're not done yet. I think we are at 20, uh, I want to say 22 or 23 commits. And I wouldn't be surprised if they are pushing 30 uh, just because of who is left out there and who they're pursuing. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about is Jeremiah Beasley. He's announcing on the 29th of this month, uh, which is Thursday. We are recording Tuesday. Now, Jeremiah Beasley has been a longtime Michigan State lean uh, linebacker and kind of went cold on the Spartans in the spring, and Michigan is now being the heavy favorite to land him. And um, he's a four-star, so highly regarded. And, I mean, it would be a great, great addition. And still kind of reeling. Michigan's kind of reeling off losing uh, Aaron Childs to the Florida Gators. So uh, this would be a nice, uh, nice makeup for that. And lastly, before we go on to the next segment, uh, round us out here in recruiting update is Gatlin Bear. Now, Gatlin Bear has been kind of going a little viral on uh, Michigan recruiting Twitter uh, because he's uh, a white wide receiver from Idaho. So, of course, the uh, the adults from the other fan bases are tweeting uh, in his mentions, whatever, how he's not fast. But, in fact, he is. He's one of the fastest wide receivers in this class and does track and field as well as football. So, <laughs> it, uh, you know, this is... This is a time where, you know, Twitter, like, I think I said in episode one, you know, Twitter is is a fun place, but it can be a very dark place. And all fan bases do it, some more than others. Obviously, depending on who you root for, the bias might uh, be, in the, be in the back of your brain a little bit there. But just, if you're out there listening, just don't tweet at high school recruits. It is just such a bad look, and you know, like I said, all fan bases are doing it. Michigan too, but you know, I've I've seen, you know, these sock puppet accounts. You know, it, it, these these are high school kids, right? These are juniors and these are about to be seniors in high school. Like, why, why is it? Do you feel the need to blow these guys up and? you know put stress in the back of their head like just leave them alone <laughs> that's all i got to say but gatlin bear you know just another uh highly talented kid that could be a michigan wolverine very soon and obviously with his class shaping up to be really heavy in the trenches on both sides uh you know wide receiver is definitely going to be a need here because i'm assuming you know, Roman Wilson's going to be done here after this season. Cornelius Johnson, he, I mean, if he stays any longer, he's going to be, you know, married with five kids before that. I mean, no knock on him, whatever. He utilized a COVID year, but you know what I mean. He's just, He's been here for a while. Um, getting the Brandon Whedon uh, effect. So, anyways, that's a recruiting update. So, um, while we missed out on a couple guys, we also got a few guys that committed. Um, one guy didn't mention who did uh, 
who did uh, uh, commit was uh, um, was it Brandon Nichols, Dominic Nichols, excuse me. So since our last episode, we've had one commit, Dominic Nichols, defensive end out of Iamsville, Maryland, another big body there. So uh, moving on, let's see here. Um, <coughs> moving on to semi-recruiting another another bit of news is I didn't know who he was beforehand but excuse me Sam Popper has been brought back to Ann Arbor to be the assistant director of recruiting Sam Popper was uh, with Jim Harbaugh <coughs> when he came to Michigan left for the Oregon Ducks in 2019, and then had ventured to Akron and Memphis before coming home. So pretty much taking over the Shemmy Schembechler would-be job, and apparently Sam Popper is well-liked and apparently is a fine asset, and I guess a lot of recruits and a lot of people are saying that you know he, he builds a lot of good, strong relationships and kind of been... Uh, uh, known as tour guide Sam around uh, around the campus, <clears throat> so sounds like good news. Um, next is the NBA draft. <clears throat> so the NBA draft happened over the weekend as well. And again, if you're not on the Facebook page, join it. Uh, I posted uh, the picture of Jet Howard going 11th overall to the Orlando Magic. Which the Orlando Magic now nowadays seems like it's um, Ann Arbor Southeast. <laughs> he is joining Izzy Brasdakis, Franz, and Mo Wagner and Caleb Houston. So uh, they are loaded with shooters. <laughs> and you know, Jet Howard. You know, Jeff and I talked about in the Real Talk podcast pretty much all year last year. Is you know, Jet Howard really wanted him to stay for his sophomore year, but just raw has a lot of talent and just could fill it up really fast. Sometimes he had do a disappearing act and then some games, I mean, he's got 25 points by halftime. Um, so goes in the lottery rounds or uh, lottery pick wise and <clears throat> sucks to see him leave, but you know, good for him, man. And the next, Wolverine was Kobe Bufkin. He's going 15th overall to the Atlanta Hawks. And I want to say there was, what was that graphic where, you know, Michigan is, Michigan hasn't had two top picks like that go in the NBA draft since uh, Chris Weber and Jalen Rose, I believe it was. And it just goes to show you how, the Michigan fan base right now is kind of split on Jawan Howard because of all the talent uh, he's had, he's really kind of digressed. Now I know he's had success in March, but there's just like this overshadowed little bit here of of the of the downfalls, just kind of just looming and kind of taken away all the good things he has done and a lot of the good things he has done was with John Beeline players so that's another knack on him or another knock on him rather so it's it's kind of I would say do or die for Jawan Howard this year but I mean with Hunter Dickinson transferring this 
this team has got a lot of question marks and you know I'm sure we'll do a, a deep dive into it in the preseason you know and really really discussing things but as of right now in June man I, I don't know where this team sits coming up but again uh, congrats to uh, Kobe and Jet for <clears throat> going to the pros uh, we're going to keep it short and sweet tonight. So, PFF. Last week we did top five safeties and top five cornerbacks. Uh, according, yeah, according to PFF and the grading. And tonight we are going to look at their preseason top 25 that they just released. Some of it I agree with. Some of it I don't. I really don't look too far into the top 25 preseason college football stuff. Uh, and they're the top 25 rankings, that is. So, to me, it's like you lose early, you have time to make up for it. If you lose late, you're screwed. But <clears throat> it's really ranked off of what you did for me last year, your recruiting class, and your returning starters. But, again, you win – you don't have to worry about things, right? Anyways, so the top 25. First, we start out with Georgia. Defending champs. Don't hate it, right? Second, Alabama Crimson Tide. Now, this is where I have an issue. Michigan is one of, I think, one of the top three in returning production from the previous season. And <clears throat> having them at four, I won't say criminal, but it doesn't make any sense to me. I think Michigan should be here at number two where Alabama's at. Now, to me, which is fair, is Ohio State being at three. <clears throat> you can make an argument, in my opinion, for them to be at four or five based off maybe solely just having a question mark at quarterback and Kyle McCord. But I think it should be Georgia, Michigan. I'll put Ohio State there, Alabama. And then right here at five, they got Texas. Now, Texas, <coughs> I mean, I, I'm going to say the preseason champs, but it seems like always a ton of hype. Never really materializes on the field. I mean, they have a couple solid ones here and there. Obviously, with the the Arch Manning hype, Quinn Ewers. I mean, they got talent. So we'll see what happens with the Texas Longhorns. I think I think college football is really, really good and at its best when the following schools are playing at a high level. <clears throat> and it goes as following. Outside of the, the regulars. But what I'm saying is, is like the Michigans, the Texas, the Miami Hurricanes, the LSUs, and the Southern Cals. I really think that college football is at its peak when those when those teams are competing for the national championship. So, according to PFF, we have Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Michigan, and Texas. Our first five, obviously, you just heard me uh, dispute that. <clears throat> Coming in at number six is Clemson. I mean, sure. Again, Dabo Sweeney is... I, was, I mean, may, you could say maybe he's losing steam. He's maybe 
where Mac Brown was at Texas on uh, the final seasons of his career there. Like, <clears throat> it's make or break it for Davos Sweeney. Maybe it's not make or break it, but he's going to have to uh, re reassert himself here in uh, 2023. Penn State at 7. They're going to have a strong team this year. Drew Aller supposed to come in. He was, a, I believe, was a five-star quarterback. Has the potential at being something special, and we'll see what happens. Um, a lot riding on him. Uh, I think Penn State is going to be as good as quarterback play. They got Kalen King, which we talked about last week, and the top defensive backs, uh, according to PFF as well. <clears throat> so, the Lions, Ohio State, Michigan in the top ten. Uh, number eight is LSU, and never really had a personal vendetta with LSU, but I I do with Brian Kelly, and I hope Brian Kelly loses every game of the rest of his life. I don't know. I just think the dude's a phony, uh, can coach pretty well. Apparently, the, his colleagues and other coaches really like him, but I don't like his coaching style, and... I think he has a punchable face when he is the color purple on the sideline yelling at his quarterback for throwing an incomplete pass. That's just me. <clears throat> Nine, Tennessee. Joe Milton got the cannon that apparently everyone's in love with. We'll see what happens. It's, it'll be it'll be kind of hilarious if he is has a transcending year with the Volunteers knowing that his tenure in Michigan was horrific. 10 is Southern Cal. These guys are going to be competing for the Pac-12 championship. What's interesting is I don't think their defense got any better. Don't quote me. I don't know for sure. Like we'll, We're in June, so we'll be doing, obviously, a deeper dive. But Caleb Williams is is uh, is got obviously back. I think this team is going to be playing in basketball score type games all year. And uh, <clears throat> they'll be a fun watch. Although, I did see that apparently Caleb Williams, uh, I guess, gained like 60 pounds or something like that. And he's pushing the Jamarcus Russell uh, body type. So, uh, keep an eye on that. Uh, we'll start rapid firing these a little bit here. Notre Dame's 11. Fair. <clears throat> Oregon Ducks, 12. Fair. Bo Nix is back. Looks like he figured things out. Oklahoma, 13. Yeah. Florida State, 14. Utah, at 15. I think Utah could be dangerous. Sneaky dangerous. Cam Rising returns. A lot of these a lot of these teams here in, the, in this mid, this middle section here, they got uh, QB returns, or QB, quarterbacks returning, rather. And um, Cam Rising is one of them I'm watching for. TCU, 16. I'm interested to see what they can do. Max Duggan no longer there. Uh, <clears throat> we'll, we'll see if uh, they can reload. Kansas State at 17. Arkansas at 18. Kentucky at 19. Florida at 20. Now I know Florida has won a BCS National Championship. They've got a handful of double-digit win seasons in recent memory. But, uh, I mean, I see them this year as... How many times are we going to do this? That is, have a below average record and 
have a bunch of talent wasted or are they going to be for real? Are they going to be the team that, you know, wins 11 games and, and can beat a Michigan? Uh, Washington at 21, a team that I was kind of high on last year with Michael Penix Jr. They're playing Michigan State this year. Please beat Spartans. 22 is South Carolina. Mississippi State's at 23. Uh, this one's kind of surprising to me is Minnesota at 24. You'll lose... Mohamed Ibrahim and your quarterback, I believe. And whether you have a quarterback returning that's a vet or not, Mohamed Ibrahim is, was one of the best running backs last year, in my opinion. He's not there anymore. Um, and then Pittsburgh at 25. <clears throat> so that rounds it out. And <clears throat> while I normally agree with PFF there, there's a few discrepancies. But other than that, not a bad list. Uh, I really think that is about it. Pushing... About 26 minutes here tonight. And I just want to say, um, please head over to the Facebook page, Southeast Michigan Podcast. And then over at Twitter, all caps, S-E underscore M-I underscore pod. So it looks like semi-pod. Follow us over there. Please like, share, and uh, review all that good stuff. But... Again, as we get closer to the football season, which we're not very far far along away, you know, more analysis, more previews, everything will be happening. And uh, as we get towards uh, football season as well, the documentary reviews will be on the way. Um, but yeah, anyways, you guys, thank you for listening. I will talk to you guys soon.